John from fatsackblog.com here. Today I'm going to talk about 12 blog growth tasks you can do when you just don't feel like writing. And we all have those days where we don't want to write. Now, I'm going to maintain that publishing content is still the most important thing you can do in a content business. It's focused on my business. But there are days I just don't feel like doing it, and so I look to other important tasks. You could also look at this as 12 very important things to do to grow your blog other than writing. The first one, surprise, surprise, is keyword research. I've written a lot about keyword research. I have a course on keyword research. I have mentioned it in a number of videos about keyword research, and it's really, really important. When I started out, I didn't really do it, and it was a big mistake. I would either just target the topics or keywords that were super, super competitive. I got nowhere, wondering why, why am I not ranking number one, okay? Or I would target keywords or topics that nobody searched, which was a total waste, okay? Now, now I shouldn't really say it's a total waste because you can build up a, a good readership and that's a whole different strategy. It's not a search engine strategy. It's a, it's a different strategy. I won't get into that. I'm going to assume that search engine traffic is important to you. And so keyword research is important. My MO right now still for last several years is to look for the low competition long tail keywords and target articles around those and still make them very, very good. I don't expect that I'm going to get tons of traffic to any particular article, but if I publish enough content, it will add up to be a lot of traffic. And the reason I go for the low competition is I don't have to spend time or money building uh, a lot of links. I don't have to deal with any real promotion. I can publish and some of it will rank, some of it won't, but it's a numbers game. And if I go after my keywords right and I publish really good content, I have managed to rank for a lot of keywords, tens and tens of thousands of them. It works. Next up, another thing you do is improve your existing content. This is big. Okay, but here, here, here's what sold me on this concept because when this first started coming out, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I mean, like I don't have enough to do. Right now, I got to go back and improve this stuff. Like, okay, so that was my view for a while. I came around, but here's the thing that, that actually persuaded me. Okay, let's say you got an article and it's got, let's say, 25 inbound links to it, which is quite a bit for an individual article. And it's so it's a powerhouse SEO wise. You're ranking, you're getting good traffic. But you know what? I, I, I can almost guarantee you for that particular topic that that article covers, there are more keywords you could hit with it, right? You could you really look for like another 20 really long tail, low competition keywords. And if it's relevant to the article, it has to be relevant to the article. You can add those sections and those keywords in that article in an effort to rank for those additional keywords, okay? You're leveraging the existing authority for those new keywords, and it could very well be easier to rank for those, which would be more traffic, than to publish a new article, okay? So sometimes it's hard to know whether to do a new article or add it to an existing content, but it's the one thing that actually persuaded me that improving and updating content was a good idea because, yeah, I get the idea of leveraging existing page authority. Obviously, other good reasons would be if it's uh, you got obsolete information, you got to update that, you want to improve it for user experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can always do that. There's always room for improvement, so it's generally a good exercise. But if you're going to take the time to jump into an old article and you're going to make improvements and updates, you might as well try to toss in a few more keywords in there and grow the traffic. Conversion rate optimization. Okay, now I'm not a big affiliate marketer with my niche site, so I, I do it, but it's sort of incremental rather than primary. I focus on ads, all right, but for 
pages where I do actually generate some decent sales with affiliate marketing. It's definitely worth my time to take an hour. It probably wouldn't even be an hour. Go in there and try to improve the click-through rate to whichever merchant I'm uh, promoting. That may be by adding some con uh, product boxes or buttons or something that will get more clicks to the merchant. This can make a big difference. If I can increase the click-through rates by 50%, let's say, which is not hard because if you, if, I mean, if, if you just have text links in your article, which don't really stand out, you had a couple of good product boxes with buttons, they can make a huge, huge difference. All right, so you add those, you double your, your clicks, maybe even 50% growth. Chances are your revenue is going to grow in the same proportion, right? If people are there, that's the same, you know, search intent arriving to that article. Your traffic is the same. They're just happening to click through. Now, maybe, maybe your revenue growth won't be quite as rapid as the number of clicks, but it's likely to go up. And that's an, that's an easy win. These are really easy wins. And there's some people who just, you know, focus on this extensively, trying to squeeze out as much out of an individual page as possible, and they can do really well doing it. Adding schema markup where applicable. Schema markup is something that you can add. It's a, it's a type of code. I, I'm not a coder. I'm not a technical person. I know enough to type into Google schema markup generator. It will provide tools, which then all I need to do is fill in the blanks, grab the code generated, and stick it in the head code for an individual post on my site. Or I use head and footer plugin, and then so I can add individual uh, code and snippets and so forth to individual posts. Okay, so that works for me really nicely. I like using the generators rather than the plugins. I don't, I'm not a fan of the schema plugins whatsoever. FYI, if you use Yoast SEO, like millions of other people, it'll include the sort of the site-wide article schema markup that you need. So you don't have to worry about that. When I'm talking about adding schema markup where applicable, is there a particular types of content that will have schema markup that you can apply to it in addition to the one that US provides the general article schema markup okay so for instance would be a product review there is schema markup code that you can generate for product reviews and what that would do for instance would would make it so that the number of stars you assign that product review will show up in the SERPs and that can be good for click through rate from the SERPs at least it will it will keep you on par with your competition because if they all have stars and you don't you're not getting clicked right it just doesn't look right you look like the site that doesn't know what they're doing so schema markup is important same with like recipes you can do schema markup faq how to's there's a whole list of articles different article types that you can add schema spending some time going back in the articles adding the schema markup can be time very very well spent now i caution you do not try to game this okay do not Oh, stars for reviews. Well, I could add stars to any article. Well, don't do that, okay? Yeah, you could, and they will show up, but Google's not going to like it, and they're going to catch you, and they don't like this at all because it's really gaming the whole schema. So only apply the particular schema to the that type of article. Create some charts and tables for your site. This is easy. It helps for getting some link, links to your site. It's better for user experience. I love tables and charts. They're easy to make. Uh, you can use a table plugin to add tables to your site, or you can use Google Sheets to make some pretty cool looking charts for free very quickly. I particularly like charts, and I usually will add them as a, as a graphic, like a JPEG or a ping to the site. Other sites may grab them and use them because it's cool and provides a lot of information to their audience, and they don't feel like making it. They grab it, they link to me as a source. Awesome, right? I love that. That's great. It works. Got to make a lot of them. I will say this. Almost any article you can add a chart to. There, there is 
almost always a way to present data for an article topic if you're creative. Improve your average time on site. Okay, what this means is, uh, let's say the uh, out of uh, 100,000 visitors that come to your site, the average time spent is one minute. It's not terrible. Okay, it's it's very niche dependent though. Some some niches, people stick around for a long time. Like on Fat Sex Blog, the average time on site is much higher than my other niche sites. Okay, so if it's a minute, why not see if you can get that to a minute and a half? As far as I'm concerned, time on site is a very important metric because it really is indicative of the quality of your site. I mean, if people come and they stay for 20 seconds, but the industry norm is a minute and a half, your site's not quite holding up to the industry norm, right? If you're a minute and a half and the industry norm's a minute, you're way above average. That's a very, very good thing. And now, I don't know for sure. I don't I don't know a whole lot about Google. I don't know what they're all tracking and what they include in their search and all that stuff, except for the basics that most people know. But I can't help but think, especially if, you know, everybody uses Google Analytics, that Google's paying attention to this stuff, especially like in it within an industry, right? They're, they're paying attention to the sites that get, you know, a double the average time on site. I can't help but think they do because it's such a such an obvious indicator of quality. So if you can do things that increase your average time on site for your visitors, that's a really big win. That, that can make a big difference in my view. It's also more ad revenue too. The longer they stay, the more ads they see. However, as an aside, the irony is, is we put ads on our site for clicks to make money, which kicks them out faster. I don't know. You know, that's just the way it is, right? Seek out additional earning opportunities is another thing that you can do. Now, there's I use ads and, in some cases, affiliates. There are a lot of ad networks out there you can research and you try. Usually, everybody usually has the one big earner, right? The main one that does the lion's share of the heavy lifting, but there's always some additional ones you can add for incremental revenue, right? Could be a native ad at the bottom, could be, who knows, a, a video ad player that you put on your site, etc., etc. Mess around with this stuff. Look for them. Try them out. See, see if you can add, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month just by adding one ad to your site. You never know. These can make a big difference and the, and the money can add up. And it's the same with affiliate opportunities. You know, every niche, I mean, you, you may think, oh, yeah, well, I promote Amazon. That's what I do. Uh, everybody promotes Amazon. But maybe in your niche, there's like a really cool software that pays huge commissions. Maybe maybe there's an info product that would sell well. Maybe maybe there's a merchant that, that has a higher uh, conversion rate. I mean, who knows, right? It's it's worth taking the time and testing it and seeing if it's going to work. Because if you if you really find a really good affiliate opportunity and put that on your site, it could add quite a bit of revenue to your site. So sometimes it's worth taking a day and just browsing and reading and checking things out there and see what opportunities are out there for you. Experiment with different pin designs. This applies only if you're into Pinterest for as a traffic source for your site. But if you are, I can tell you I've spent days, literally days, probably weeks on experimenting with different pin designs. And really what I'm trying to do is get as many impressions as I can, obviously create pins that are appealing, but at the same time growing the click rate from the pins to my site. That's what I want to do, right? I don't make money from impressions on Pinterest. Pinterest makes money from impressions on Pinterest. I don't. I only make money if it goes to the site. So I need to balance the two, right? I need to get lots of impressions, but then I got to increase the click through rate on those impressions just a little bit. And that's where trying different pin concepts for all different topics comes into play. And I have tried a lot of different stuff. My Pinterest course 
actually shows you a ton of the examples that I've tried and I suggest that you, you try it. The whole point of it really is, is be creative. Don't do what everybody else does, okay? Now you can obviously try and do what other people did. That's what I did for years, I got no results. And that's when I started trying, playing around with my own stuff and it made a big difference. Next up, write a fun opinion piece for a site. Okay, so yeah, okay, this is writing and this whole point of this video is what, what you can do if you don't wanna write. Okay, this is different. A lot of the content we produce is evergreen, boring stuff. It's not exciting. It's good for search. People are looking for it. It gets, makes money. It's the old bread and butter stuff. Okay, but it can be boring to write. And sometimes we just need a day, a break away from that. And, and, and a way to take a break from that is maybe just write a fun article. Don't, don't just ignore keyword research. I know, I know it's hypocritical of me to say because I'm big on that. And, but sometimes, you know what? Just write something for your site that, that's not keyword researched. It's fun. You, you enjoy writing it and give it a shot. And I'm not saying your whole business has to be based around that, but what I'm saying is just do something different. And it's still good content on your site. Your readers might appreciate it. You maybe put it in an email newsletter if you have it, whatever. Have some fun with it. It's different. And that's the point. Professional development. A lot of professions have professional development. They go to conferences, seminars. Uh, probably these days they don't. They're going to webinars. We're familiar with that, aren't we? Well, our industry certainly has its fair share of professional development opportunities by way of courses, webinars, memberships, uh, uh, YouTube videos, you name it, blog posts, etc., etc. Sometimes, especially if you're starting out, I don't really do this much anymore because I've got systems that are working for me and I just head down and keep plowing away. But sometimes if you're starting out, it might be worth just seeing what's out there, new ideas. I've, I've bought a lot of courses. I've read a lot of blog posts and watched a fair amount of videos on new ideas. Sometimes it's worth just take a day, put your feet up, and call it a professional development day and learn a few things. Another opportunity to grow your blog is improve your site speed. Site speed is getting to be more and more important. Google announced recently that it's going to be a factor. Page speed will be a factor in terms of rankings. I have a hunch it already is, but who knows? We could debate that all day long. I don't really know. I don't hold myself out as a like, super SEO guy because I don't, I don't know the technical stuff. I know enough to just publish content and hope for the best. But I can't help but think that site speed is important because it makes sense. It's a user experience thing, and Google is all about user experience. So here's the thing with site speed, right? I mean, some sites are going to be faster than others, no matter what, right? So, like I, I have some image heavy sites, like like the content or images, a lot of it. Now there's no way I'm going to rank 30 images in a blog post as quickly as uh, a blog post with just 800 words of text. It's impossible. It's totally different. I'm sure somebody who's really into this stuff is going to come and tell me, oh, it's possible. I could do it. Okay. Maybe it's possible, but it's unlikely. Okay. So but I think site speed is going to be factored in terms of within an industry, right? It's sort of like time on site. I mean, every, every industry is going to be different. Some, some industries are going to have a, a really high average time on site. Others will have lower. And so I think same with site speed. It's kind of relative, right? How, do, how does my site perform with other sites that are similar to mine? That's going to make all the difference, right? So the bottom line is, Site speed is going to be important if it's not already, and it's worth investing time and money into it to speed up your site. Taking a day or two, reading up about it, trying a few things to see if you can make improvements is, is these days very, very much worth your time. 
Okay, another thing you can do if you're into a building links is guest posting outreach. Recently I published a post and it sent out an email. Is guest posting dead? You can go check it. That's literally the title. My first opinion was, yes, it is, because uh, Google recently, I, th I think it was John Mueller was talking about on Search Engine General, where they had a video of him talking about how Google's basically been devaluing guest post links for years, and they're worthless, and I'm thinking, I've taken him at his word, yeah, right, you know, that's true. And then a whole bunch of people wrote back to me, and they said, oh, well, look, you know, I do guest posting, and check these results, my, my traffic's exploding, it's awesome, and I'm like, oh, okay, 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 but, here, you know, and then what, what, they, what they most said is, is I focus on getting links on really, really good sites, I don't, I don't go on low-quality sites, so that actually made sense to me, I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. So, if you're going to do guest posting and you want to build links, focus on the best sites in your niche and, and really customize your pitch. Make a make a irresistible offer for them. Come up with a really good article that's a good fit for their site. Don't just like, carpet bomb sites, no matter the quality, hoping you're going to get a 10% response rate and then you can get lots of guest posts out on questionable sites. Focus on the best. Get in there. And those links are going to be huge, right? Those the, the, Google's going to be like, oh, we've got a link from, I don't know, some super authoritative site that's going to make a big difference i think those those are fine and and you're not going to do those at scale you're not going to do like hundreds of them because you you don't need hundreds of them so i think that's okay with guest posting where i think you might run into hot water is getting 100 links from guest posts on really questionable sites basically sites that are essentially selling links right i mean we use this term outreach and guest posting as if this is white hat stuff right let's not kid ourselves we're paying People are paying services to go, and which services are taking a part of the sale of the link that you pay them and buying a placement on another site. So essentially, it's just a big, it's just a big link selling scheme, all right? But we're just couching it in different words. We're, we're couching in white hat words, right? That's not really, that, that's, what, that's what probably Google is, is going after because they don't like the manipulation. But, the, but a few guest posts on a authoritative site within your niche, it, it can't, to me, it probably is a, a totally fine thing to do, and I'm sure it can have a huge beneficial impact. Lastly, if you're just completely wiped, take a day off. Sometimes it's just worth just shutting her down. Go and do something else. We could literally do this stuff seven days a week. The work never ends. My work is never, ever done. I'm never done. I'm not, I mean, you know, there's always something else I can do, and I'm sure you can relate. So at some point, you just got to say, you know, I'm not doing it today. I'll come back to it, refresh, and probably we'll be able to get more done because doing this stuff seven days a week uh, just eventually like as fun it is as fun as it is and as much as i like it doing it every day seven days a week 30 days a month i mean i've never done that so i i couldn't fathom so anyways take a day off refresh return that's a wrap thanks for listening